I get asked all the time about social media strategies for podcasts. And I gotta tell you, y'all, I am not the social media queen, okay? Like, this is not my jam. I get by. We'll just say that. Like, I get by with little help from my friends. (laughs) Totally not planned. That was a very... Very impromptu Beatles moment there, and you should just, I know, I know I shouldn't sing. It happens from time to time, um, but yeah, that this is where we are today because I asked one of my friends to come in and teach us about Instagram marketing strategies for podcasters, and the reason why today's guest is perfect for this topic is because One, she teaches Instagram strategies, but two, she's a podcaster herself. Y'all, this is going to be so good. I cannot wait for you to hear this conversation, so let's get right to it. Welcome to The Profit Podcast, where we teach entrepreneurs how to start, launch, and market their podcast. I'm your host, Crystal Profit, and I'm so excited that you're here. Thanks for hanging out with me today, because if you've been trying to figure out the world of podcasting, Think of this show as the time-saving shortcut you've been looking for. So let's get right to it, shall we? So my relationship with social media is one of those that's a little bit rocky, right? Like, I'm not going to say I got it all together, but uh, I have absolutely learned the ups and the downs and the twists and the turns that come along with just understanding how to show up on social media as a person, as a business owner, as someone who shares about their lives, but also what they're doing with their podcast and in their business. And I gotta be honest, y'all, it's confusing sometimes. It's just some of those questions that I wanted to get answered from my personal standpoint, like my own perspective of like, I don't know exactly what to do in this type of situation. Those questions are why I really wanted to have Andrea on the show today. So Andrea and I met from Podcast Movement University. We were both on this incredible panel that talked about branding and marketing your podcast with some of the other ladies from the Asa Collective community. So I'm going to put a link in the show notes to our chat and everything, but it was there where I first just sat back in awe of all the things that Andrea teaches and just the fantastic mind that she has of being able to explain things on a very basic level. Like y'all, I mean, if you come at me with like super strategies that are really confusing and over the top, like my brain just shuts down. It really does. Like I just get overwhelmed. If you start talking about things that are just really complex and Andrea just has the best personality to break things down in a way that makes sense for me, which is exactly why I really wanted her to come on the show today to talk to all of us about Instagram strategies. So let me tell you a little bit about Andrea. So she is someone who is fiercely committed to helping businesses and podcasters build profitable online communities through simple social media solutions. She's the host of the Savvy Social Podcast, 
creator of the Savvy Social School, a digital platform designed to teach its 100 plus members, predominantly small business owners, how to implement organic social media strategies. And she's been named one of Social Report's top marketers to follow. You do. You absolutely, you'll understand why, because I love her reels. Yes, we're going to talk about reels. Yes, we're going to talk about my favorite thing and following Andrea. Like, I just, it's going to be so much fun. I cannot wait for you to hear this conversation. So here is my interview with Andrea Jones. All right, Profit Podcast listeners, I'm so excited about today's guest. And I told her, I was like, I'm going to call you Drea because I'm just going to pretend like we're best friends. So (laughs) welcome to the show, Drea. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This is going to be fun. Yes. So uh, I told you a little bit in the beginning, everyone, that Andrea and I, who I'm calling Drea, we were recently on a Podcast Movement University panel just a few weeks ago. And whenever everything was wrapped up, I was like, I have to have you on the podcast so we can talk about Instagram. So that is specifically what we're going to be diving into today. But before we get there, Drea, can you share a little bit about how you got into the work that you're doing today and what having a podcast means for you? Yeah. So I am one of those weirdos who actually likes social media. Like I am very introverted. And back in, let's see, this is 2005-ish, early days, 2004, I started a little blog talking about Harry Potter and wanted to geek out with people about that. And so I really enjoyed the connection piece, the ability to find people who weren't in my immediate area and connect with them over the things that I liked. Um, I even, you know, fast forward to 2014, met my husband or 2013, met my husband on YouTube of all places. How did that um, happen? So, I, I want to hear that story. How did that, how did you meet on YouTube? You know, it's funny because we were doing interviews just like you and I are doing today. Um, we were just talking about our lives and we interviewed each other. I, I did a few collaborations at the time. I was really trying to grow my channel and we just kept talking after that. Like we really connected and kept I talking. Yeah, so it happened pretty organically and naturally. But he lived in Toronto, Canada, and I lived in Atlanta, Georgia. So we did long distance for a little bit, quickly realized that this was something real. And I left home, basically, to move in with him. And seven years later, here we are. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's so awesome. So I love that you know, you kind of stumbled into social media naturally. And I mean, I, I think that that's where everyone has usually the most successful stories is whenever they take something that they're already passionate about or they're already interested in, and then they figure out a way to really either just go all in with that one thing or just kind of play around and experiment. So is that kind of what you did in the early days of figuring out what you wanted to do online? Oh, yes. And I did all of the things. I have a degree in English literature. So I'm used to researching and analyzing and writing. And so I started off ghostwriting blogs, um, but quickly found that number one, social media was more enjoyable for me. 
there's a huge need. I didn't realize when I first started that some people don't know what to post on Facebook. And I could help fill that need in the market. But then also, it's repeatable. So social media never sleeps, which is both the beauty of it and the downfall of it or the downside of it. But because of that, I have a way to build packages that my clients need consistently. So I started off freelancing with all of the things and then landed in social media um, specifically. And then in 2018, I realized I had a lot of clients who had podcasts and those were my best clients. And so I started really focusing in working with podcasters, which really jump-started my own desire to start a podcast. So prior to that, I was just doing YouTube videos. Um, I love podcasting. And that I started my podcast in 2018. And so that's what jump-started my own journey in podcasting. And it really helps me build a relationship with people who would potentially become either personal clients of mine or students in my membership. That's awesome. So is is that the piece of podcasting that like like what like if you had to hone in on just one piece of podcasting, would you say that's the thing that you love the most about it? Yeah, absolutely. It's the intimacy of it. It's different from videos in the sense that, you know, I come from a background in creating the YouTube videos. People typically, you know, they don't take it with them. You know, they sit down to watch it. Even then they they try to multitask and maybe click to different tabs, but Really, they have to click on a video and like select that video and they sit down to watch it. Podcasting, they take it with them. I'm in their ears while they're walking the dog, while they're driving to, you know, soccer practice or whatever the case may be. So I find that that connection has like produced way better results for me in my business versus the YouTube videos. Yeah. Oh, and I love the piece of like the intimate connection because that's my favorite. Like I think about, you know, my favorite podcast and everybody listening knows this. I love the office ladies podcast. It is my favorite. I love listening to it. I love hearing all the behind the scenes from the show, the office. And you're exactly right. I will pop in my AirPods and I'm doing laundry and I'm doing like doing the dishes and like you, I don't have to feel like I have to sit down and super, super focus on exactly what I'm doing. I can just kind of passively listen, but also whenever I'm listening and learning on a podcast, I love that I can like stop and say, oh my gosh, that was so good. I'm going to rewind and listen to it again. So yeah, I <laughs> I love podcasting so much, but I want to like go straight into social media because I know everyone is listening is like, okay, Dre is going to give us the behind the scenes, the magic sauce of what we need to do to be successful in social media. But the first question that I would really love to dive into is how should podcasters be using their social media? Is it a branding tool? Is it to get out in front of new people? Like, what are your thoughts on that? You love listening to podcasts, but have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you want to build a brand, grow your business, or are looking for an excuse to talk about your favorite hobby. Whatever your reason for making a podcast, Buzzsprout is the place to start. Since 2009, Buzzsprout has helped over 300,000 people launch their own podcasts. Buzzsprout walks you step-by-step through the whole process and will give you powerful tools to start, grow, and monetize your podcast. Ready to get started? Click the link in the show notes to get our free step-by-step guide to starting your podcast today. 
Yeah. And I think there's so much potential with social media that we instantly jump into wanting to do all of the things. Um, And so I do want you to, as a podcaster, sit down and consider exactly what result you want to get from social media. And for a lot of us, that's new listeners to our podcast. So we're using social media as a tool to grow our podcast listenership. But you can have other goals with it. Maybe you want to build a community around your podcast. Maybe your podcast is a part of a larger brand. So you want to funnel people just into your brand overall. So really think about like the purpose of social. Maybe it's to connect with different guests, potential guests, and that sort of thing. So once you've identified that, that will kind of um, give you a sense of where to start with your strategy. And you can always add to it. But I do want you to start with one goal. So If the goal is to build your podcast listenership, every single thing you do on the platform should lead to that. So when you're posting about your podcast, ask yourself, why would someone go listen to an episode after seeing this post and assume that someone's seeing the post for the very first time? Okay. So Sometimes when we post, we get super excited about our shows and we're like, oh my gosh, we put so much energy and effort into creating this thing. We just put it out there and go and say like, go listen to this episode. But really, we've got to dig deeper into the why. Why would someone listen to this episode? So if you can answer that question, that's great. And then the other piece of that is attracting new listeners. So we've got like the actual post itself, but just posting by itself won't attract new listeners. Um, posting by itself is just one step. So you've got to get new people seeing that post. And for a lot of us, that comes from networking on social media. So that's looking through hashtags, looking through um, maybe similar brands or similar podcast episodes, and starting to connect with individuals who will potentially become listeners. And a lot of people don't like hearing this advice because we all want to have like the billboard effect where we just put it up and then we have like tens of thousands of new listeners just by posting about it one time. Yes. But in reality, (laughs) yeah, it takes more than that. And so we've got to kind of put in the time and effort to see the rewards of getting more than that as well. Oh, this is so good. And I'm so glad that you touched on that because I feel like that is a lot of people, their goal is like, oh, I just want to like, I just want to post and just have thousands of people follow me. And it's just fantastic. And I can imagine the most people that do what you do and teach social media, you're just kind of like, it's like facepalm. Like you're just like, oh no, oh no, this is, this should not be your goal. Like, let's get it a little more strategic about it and spend some time really thinking about this. And I know that our listeners really want to talk about Instagram specifically, but before we get there, like what everything that you just said, is that applicable to any social media platform or is that specific to certain ones? Yeah, that's such a great question. So it's really specific to the more social platform. So um, there are platforms that are social specific and there are platforms that are search specific. And so when we think about the social platforms, we want to consider the um, the platforms like Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Those are social first. The other platforms are search. Pinterest and YouTube are the top two in that category where you're really relying on search terms versus like connecting and networking with people. But outside of that, so you've got Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn are the primary kind of social platforms. I would put TikTok in that category as well. And then uh, Pinterest and um, YouTube are search focused. 
Okay. That's super helpful. How would you categorize Clubhouse? Like where, where does that one even fall? Yes. Clubhouse is so new, but it is a social focused platform. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because of the connection piece, like when you, um, when you, the more you connect, the more often you see the, the trends and what you see in your home feed. So when you first log on and you don't have connections, it's just going to show you what the most popular rooms are. But as you start building connections with people, it'll start showing you rooms based on the people who you're connected with. So it's not based on what you're searching for, but based on your connections. Um, That being said, it is a little bit challenging to get started on that platform because it's so new. But I see a huge potential for podcasters to really start speaking and creating um, communities around their shows. Yes. And as a podcaster yourself, do you think that um, Clubhouse is a great platform to kind of practice and get better at speaking? Oh, yeah. It's definitely a good practicing one. Um, On a personal level, I feel slightly less than neutral about it. Like I'm not... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not actually that excited about the platform as right. much as I thought I would be. I, you know, honestly, I did a predictions episode in 2019 and I predicted an audio only social platform in that podcast episode and then Clubhouse happened. So I'm not saying I made it happen. I'm just saying I feel like I did <laughs> predict it a little there. bit. <laughs> I put it out there. I, I put it out there. And then here we are today. No, I, I kind of have the same feeling about it. Like, I feel like it really is like a time suck. Not that I really sit down and like just put it on in the background and it's just kind of there because you actually have to listen to what's going on. And whenever I, you know, do any of my social media platforms, I want to be very intentional and I can't just sit around listening to people talk. It's almost like being like a fly on the wall in a coffee shop and you're just listening and you're hoping that someone calls on you and brings you up on stage. And there's all the anxiety of listening to everybody's questions. Like it's like, it's a whole thing for me. So I'm not as active on there as I thought it would be either, but I have seen other people have a lot of great results with it. So if you're a clubhouse user, that's fantastic, but that's not what we're going to talk about here today. We are going to talk about Instagram y'all. Drea, okay, I told her I was going to bring this up. Gibson is her dog, and I'm in love with him, and he is all over her Instagram feed. So we're going to have a link in the show notes where you're going to go follow Drea and just go get peaks of Gibson because it's so funny. I'm dying still about the reel that you created about showing up. What is it? Like showing up as yourself. (laughs) What is it? Yes. Yes, it's showing up with the energy of Gibson. So y'all, Gibson has a huge personality. Like he is royalty, basically, and he knows it. And he just like the way he expects people to behave around him. He doesn't care what you think about him. And I just think that if we embody that energy when we post on social media, can you imagine how many people could be attracted to me? Everyone loves Gibson. Everyone loves Gibson. And he... Like he feels neutral about everyone. Um, And so I feel like there's a lot of lessons to be learned from his personality, but he's very cute and definitely like a little mascot for my brand now. (laughs) I love it so much. And what kind of dog is he? He's a pug shih tzu. A pug shih tzu. Okay. That's what I was thinking. He looked like a pug, but I didn't really know because his hair looked a little different. So I was like, I don't know exactly what it is, but oh my gosh, he's so dang cute. But 
this goes back to the power of social media. I feel so much more connected. Like I know your dog's name, like, and I knew it very quickly because you've created content around him. So I feel like you and I, as like me as a consumer to your brand, I feel like I'm more connected with you just by having seen a few posts of Gibson. And that's not me stalking you on social media. That's just me seeing what you're posting and I'm consuming what you're putting out there. So with that in mind, how can someone who is a podcaster, maybe they're just getting started, they've had an Instagram that's been personal for a long time. And they're like, I think I want to start pivoting it to put out my podcast stuff. How can they stand out? And what a piece of advice would you have for them? Yes. And I think that as podcasters, especially when we start shifting away from personal towards talking about the show, sometimes we forget the personal elements. So one of the things I want to remind you is think about your show. You you are the host of your show. It's almost like being the host of a reality TV show, right? In the sense that people want to see everything like a curated version of who you are. And so it doesn't necessarily have to be anything different than a reflection of what's happening in your life and in your brand. And you get to, 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 sorry, and you get to decide what that is. So for example, I don't actually share a lot of personal details about my life on social media, uh, except People feel like they know me because I share my dog. (laughs) And so you've got to find that edge for you, especially if you're a private person, on what can you share and how can you link it back to what you're talking about. So podcasting, for instance, one of the greatest ways to do this is show off your podcast setup. What does it look like? Where are you recording your episodes? Uh, What's your process for recording your episodes? Do you have a team that supports you? Those sorts of behind-the-scenes content pieces help people feel like they know you beyond the podcast. Um, So layering that into your strategy is a really good approach. I love that. I love that. And like, was was it a personal decision from the get-go that you kind of drew the line in the sand of what you were going to share? Or did you get to a point where you're like, I feel like I'm sharing too much and I'm going to kind of back off a little bit? Because I get this question a lot and I think it differs from person to person on how much to share and when to draw that line. So what was your experience? Yeah. And you know, I was sharing my life online for a lot of my like 20s into my 30s. Um, I was vlogging on YouTube. I had a blog. I was posting every second of the day, basically on Instagram when it came out and Facebook before that. And so for me, it was a very personal choice. So like I mentioned, I met my husband on YouTube. We vlogged our whole wedding trip, basically, um, like daily vlogged it. And we enjoyed the process for sure. And we like looking back at those videos. But after a while, something clicked in the sense that we enjoyed living our lives more than projecting them on social media. And so it happened naturally over time where I started to distance my personal life from my professional life because I was feeling like I had to be on, quote unquote, all the time. And I'm actually very introverted. 
Um, and so again, personal decision. Some of my clients have different personal decisions that they make. Um, and a lot of this comes from the photography that they choose to use. So if they don't mind having pictures of their kids, we'll have their kids on social. If they do mind, like some people don't want to post their kids on social, we'll just post photos of them. Even when we're posting a photo of them with their kids, we maintain the, their privacy. So we may just talk about you know, if it's a business coach, for instance, we may just talk about the power of building your business around your family. We're not going to talk about the tantrum that the two-year-old threw this morning, right? right? And so it's little decisions like that that can really help you draw those boundaries, but you kind of have to decide what those are for yourself. Oh, this is so like, I, I love hearing your insight to it because it's so interesting. Like you said, you kind of started one way. And then over time, you realize what worked best for you and your brand, your personal and professional lives. And I think that anybody listening that's just getting started, I feel like you'll know. I think it's a gut feeling when you're like, should I share this? Should I not share this? Or you share something and you're like, oh, wait, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't have put that out there. Or I feel like, you know, maybe I could give them more of the behind the scenes. So if that's you right now, just know that it's different for everybody and you'll have your own, you know, especially if you work with someone like Drea, you'll have these conversations, I would hope, as you're starting to work with, you know, a social media manager or someone that's helping you get these things figured out. But the question, this is something I was like, okay, I want to think of some questions that are very strategic that I see all the time about Instagram. And the one that I see so often is, why are there TikToks on Instagram or what is the difference between a reel and a TikTok? Is it all the same? Like, I don't even understand what's happening. Why do I need to do them? So what are your thoughts on reels? Yeah. And you know, Instagram designed reels as a competitive feature to TikTok. So TikTok really took off at the beginning of the pandemic in March 2020. Uh, prior to that, it was mostly, you know, like Gen Z, younger generation using the tool. And then we were all quarantined. So we started falling in love with TikTok. Instagram saw the rapid increase in interest in that platform and decided to make a competitive tool. So it echoes a lot of the TikTok features. And if you're not familiar with TikToks, you may just pick up on how it's a little bit of a different tool. People it's like their own trends, its own style, its own way of creating content that's a little bit different. Um, however, I do see Instagram Reels making a space for themselves outside of TikTok, specifically in the professional space, in the business space. So my personal belief is that you do not have to point or dance or create different characters to show up on Instagram Reels. You can simply use the same content that you have and repurpose it in a way that still fits the format of the platform. So an example of a test that we're running right now with our Savvy Social School account is any of our posts that, that did really well in the past year, we're repurposing them as TikTok videos, educational 30-second videos. And while they're not doing as great as like a funny lip sync challenge, we're still getting introduced to new people and we're still seeing new people discovering us through those 
Instagram reels. So I do challenge people to try it, especially if you're seeing like a little bit of a stagnation in your results, meaning people aren't liking and commenting and interacting like they usually do. Try posting a reel to see if that boosts your engagement um, on the rest of your posts as well as through the reel. And uh, the reason being is that Instagram loves their new little baby that they created and yeah. they want people to use it. So you're going to get rewarded for using it. <laughs> it's so crazy to me because I kind of, um, you know, we've talked about reels um, here on the podcast. I kind of just really shared my perspective and what I learned when um, I just kind of challenged myself because I just like it was actually after our conversation at Podcast Movement University, I was like, oh, I think I'm going to start trying reels more because I've heard that it's just like really exploding. It can explode your growth. You can get in front of so many more people. And I thought, okay, I'm going to do my own experiments. And I am blown away by, I'll get notifications. It's like, oh, a thousand people have watched this. 2000 people have watched this. And I'm like, this is such a dumb video. Why are people like, why is this getting seen by so many people? But it's in that experimentation that you figure out, oh, this is why, like it was a good song or it was a good topic, or it was just, you know, something totally random and I have no explanation for it. So are there any tools that we can use to kind of understand how one piece of content is really performing better on our Instagram? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I will say with the reels, there's just not a lot of data. Um, Instagram actually, because they released this so quickly, my theory is that there's there's still a lot of work to do. Um, one of the examples of this is that it's glitchy. Like It's really glitchy to add text. It's glitchy to hit publish. So if you're having any issues with the Instagram Reels app internally, know that it's not you. It's Instagram working out the kinks. That being said, outside of Reels, there's some really interesting things you can see with the other post data that can really help you tell a story about what's working and what's not. Um, and really, when you start looking at this data, you want to look at the intent of the post. So sometimes what I hear podcasters say is, I posted my podcast episode and nobody liked and commented on it. But if you look at the intent in the post, you don't want people to like and comment. You want them to go listen to your podcast. So in the insights of that post, go look at how many people tapped over to your profile or your bio. How many people clicked the link in the bio? Those are the stats that you want to start looking at to see if your posts are actually successful. Now, unfortunately, with Instagram Reels, we just don't have that data yet. Hopefully, we will soon. All we can really see is views and likes and comments. Um, so I would suggest using that as a tool to build your audience so that they can see your podcast posts the next time you do promote a new episode. Okay. This is so, so helpful. And I know like somebody is like listening right now, nodding along with me. I'm like, yes, this is so good. This is such awesome information. But a question that I was thinking as you were talking about the data and the insights and what we actually have access to, something um, that I hadn't asked yet was what types of accounts do you like suggest for podcasters? Because I recently just learned this, I mean, in the last week, that there's a creator account. I thought it was just personal or business, but now they're like, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. And this is confusing. I don't know why Instagram yes. <laughs> made this account. 
Uh, their intention behind it was to have a place where, you know, it's not for businesses, but creators can use different tools based on what results they want to produce in their business. So typically creators accounts don't have things like the ability to shop and they don't really have a lot of the same insights that business accounts do. So it's kind of an in-between. But one of the perks of creator accounts is you get some of the creator features first. So one of the new features right now is the ability to add auto captions to your Instagram stories. So the creator accounts got that first. Um, Another example is Instagram Reels, the ability to have sound in your Instagram Reels. If you don't have that feature yet, you may want to switch over to the creator account and you may start seeing different sounds and songs that you can use. The downside of the creator account is that you don't have access to the same insights. So you may not be able to see all of the different metrics that I'm talking about. And um, depending on the account, you may not be able to run paid advertising as well. So if you wanted to boost a post or anything like that, uh, a professional account, a business account is the way to go. Okay. This is so helpful because I had an issue where um, I had a business account and then when Reels first came out, I had all the songs and I could do all the things. And then one day I got like a slap on the wrist and it was like, oops, we weren't supposed to give you all that music. Here's this like, four songs that are terrible and nobody's ever heard of and no one's ever listened to and they're not really good. So it took all the, all the, you know, information, like all the music away. And so I saw that you could switch back to a creator's account and, or switch to a creator's account, which is what I did. But now after hearing everything that you've said, I need to go back to a business account. That makes way more sense for what I'm trying to accomplish and my goals. And I don't know what the deal is with the music on there. I'm sure it's copyrights and all the things, but I don't know. (laughs) It's just so confusing. Yeah, that's what it is. It's copyright and they don't want you to to be able to run paid advertising to music that's copyrighted. You have to have specific licenses to be able to use music like that in paid ads. So it's really just like a line that they don't want to cross. So, But it does make it challenging as a business owner to step in and jump in on some of these trends because you may not have all of the features. Just know that it's not you. It's Instagram. So they're just trying to mess with our emotions, basically. I love this so much. Like, I feel like that's going to be the title of this episode is it's not you, it's Instagram. <laughs> like all the issues, it's not you, it's Instagram for sure. <laughs> okay. Well, I have, I have another question specifically about content. When people are creating it, why do you believe that people just aren't getting the right piece of content in front of the right people on Instagram? Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah. So there's two pieces to this uh, in, in the way that I approach content. There's the actual like creation of the thing itself. And then there's getting your like growing your audience and getting new people engaged. So when we think about the actual content itself, think about the goal of the content. There's basically two main goals that we want. Goal number one is for people to listen to our podcast. And goal number two is for people to Um, engage with our posts, whether that be liking, sharing, commenting, saving. We want them to engage. Those are two different posts. So when you post a podcast, you probably won't get a lot of engagement. But when you post the other type of content, you should expect to get engagement. And if you don't, you may want to start thinking about why that is. And some of the best content that performs really well right now is the type of content where people feel almost compelled to share it. 
they see it, they see themselves in it, they feel like people can see them and understand them, and they feel like DMing it to a friend or texting it to someone they know or sharing it to their stories, that's the type of content that works the best. So an example of this is um, one of my clients talks a lot um, to women in uh, corporate America, specifically women of color, who are trying to get into the C-suite. They're trying to basically be like a VP of marketing or something like that, and they're struggling. And the reason is a lot of internal mindset work. And so when she posts on social media about this problem, a lot of her clients go, oh my gosh, I thought it was the only one who thought this way. And by just connecting with them, they feel encouraged to like and comment and to participate. Another example of this is one of my clients who's an OBGYN she talks to like women going through postpartum or people going through postpartum. And one of her posts was about wearing the postpartum underwear for like way longer than you should. And Uh (laughs) people really resonated with that post. They share it. They like it because they feel seen. They're not the only ones. And so that's the type of content you want to think about when you're, when you're creating that, that content that really resonates with people. But then you also have to get in front of new people. And I think you have to have both in order for this strategy to work. And what that means is you need to spend some time actually engaging with people. So if you expect engagement, you have to give engagement first. That means looking through hashtags, looking through um, you know people in similar spaces as you. Um, one of my favorite ways to do this... Um, post-pandemic life would be um, events. So for instance, podcast movements coming up. If you're not actually going to podcast movement, look through the podcast movement hashtag. Who's checking into the uh, event location? How can you start engaging with those folks? And so by kind of participating in communities where conversations are already happening, you're putting your name in front of people, you're putting yourself out there, and you will be rewarded for that contribution. Oh, this is so helpful because I think that a lot of people, especially when they're first getting started, they're like, these other big people are just going to have no idea who I am, right? Especially people that are thinking about guesting on other podcasts are like, I want to reach out to them and I don't know how like just just to approach someone. Do I slide into their DMs and like, you know, figure that out? But I love this approach of like, how can you give first or how can you engage first so it's not as awkward whenever you do eventually make a pitch, whether it's on social or it's offline, you know, it's email or something else. So, oh, this is so helpful. So, so helpful. Well, the yeah, last question I really, oh, go ahead. I was just going to add to that with a little bit of an analogy. And I like to think about this like dating. So if you decided that you, you know, wanted to partner up, you, you're ready to find your match, um, you know, the very first person you talk to probably isn't the one and you're probably not going to go right up and say, okay, you're it. Let's, you know, commit right here. It's a bit aggressive. And I think sometimes when we post on social media or engage on social media, we approach it with that level of excitement when we really should like go back a few steps and start with something smaller. Like I like your shoes, (laughs) you know? So like, what's the like, I like your shoes version of like the initial engagement and how can you build up to the ask? so to speak. That's really, really helpful. I love that. Yeah. I'm trying to think of another good analogy. Like I like your shoes. Oh, I liked your reel, you know, or Hey, Drea, I like Gibson. He's super cute. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yes. Gibson oh is gosh. a good conversation starter. Oh, he's such a little rock star. I love it so much. But the last question I really want to touch on is I think it's um, more important because I know everybody's listening. They're like, oh, just tell me the success secrets. Tell me the one thing I need to be doing. But the question I really want to know is what is the biggest mistake that you see podcasters make on Instagram on a regular basis? Yeah. The biggest mistake I think is comparisonitis. Mm. So podcasters are human beings. We look at other people and we try to recreate what they've created. And what happens is we're never going to get there. And so we either beat ourselves up or we post a few times. We feel like it's not working and we give up. And it's that feeling that holds us back the most from promoting our podcast. If we instead look at where we are and work towards our own goals and make habits that we can actually participate in over time, we will see such better results. Um, And so an example of this for me in my personal life is I'm practicing yoga right now and my yoga poses look nothing like the teacher's yoga poses. Um, I am in the early stages but I'm getting better and I can feel myself getting better with this practice. And it takes a daily practice or regular practice in order to see that sort of improvement. I can't just decide to watch five hours of YouTube videos and feel like I'm a professional. And I think that's that's the vibe sometimes that we give to social media. We feel like we've, you know, we followed the course, we sit down to write a post, and then we get frustrated with ourselves because it's not perfect yet. When all we need is practice. So if we build that habit into our days, into our weeks, into our months, and we commit to the practice of showing up, there's no way to not get better. And that's where the magic is. It's not really comparing yourself to other people. It's committing to yourself and your practice, and you will improve from there. Oh my gosh. That was mic drop. Like such great advice. That was so good. No more comparison. Did y'all hear that? Yes. No more comparison. Oh, this is so good. Well, Drea, I want to move into uh, the next segment that we have here, and it's some rapid fire questions. So are you up for those? Yes, I am. (laughs) Okay. So being a podcaster yourself, and I'm like, we haven't even talked about this. You have the Savvy Social Podcast, and we're going to actually get into that here in a second because I want everybody to go listen to your show. But what piece of advice would you give to a brand new podcaster? Don't worry about the tech. Just get started. You can always improve the quality later. Yes, yes. This is so good. Okay, so the next question is a two-part question. What is the dream podcast you would love to be on? And who is your dream podcast guest to interview? Oh my gosh. Um, I would love to be on Oprah's Super Soul Sunday. I think my life, I would retire. Like my life would be complete (laughs) if that were to happen. Um, And then my dream guest? That's such an interesting question. Um. I probably would say someone like RuPaul. I love how RuPaul has built their empire. I'm obsessed with Drag Race. And so I'd probably want to pick their brain about like everything. Oh, that's so good. (laughs) Yes. Okay. This is so good. Okay. My last question is, do you consider yourself a perfectionist? 
I used to, um, but I had to give that up because perfectionism was holding me back. And now I just, you know what? It is what it is. We keep moving. <laughs> yes. You got that Gibson attitude. <laughs> yes. it. Done yeah. is better than perfect. Oh my gosh, Drea. I could talk to you forever about social media and Gibson and all the other fun things, but I want you to tell us a little bit about your savvy social podcast and how everybody can connect with you. So if you're listening to this podcast, you probably like podcasts. So head on over to the Savvy Social Podcast. We're on every app. Uh, We really speak to passion-led entrepreneurs, business owners, podcasters who want to learn the how and the why of social media marketing so that you can use it as a tool to grow your business or grow your show. Episodes come out every Tuesday. And then if you want to dive deeper into building out a strategy that works for you, the best place to start is with my free course. It's at onlinedrea.com slash free. And it really helps you build a framework to a social media strategy that you'll actually stick to. And hey, my goal is like, maybe you'll actually like this social media thing. I don't know. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. This is so good. We'll have the link to everything, including the Social Savvy Podcast and Andrea's free course. But thank you so much for coming on the show today. This was so much fun. Thanks so much for having me. So what did you think? Oh my gosh. It's funny because we recorded this interview a few weeks ago and then listening back and going and following Andrea on Instagram, like you have to go follow her and watch Gibson. Like It was just the other day she posted and I was just like, it was, it was her. And then Gibson's like kind of on the side. And I was like, Oh, Gibson, like it's the thing that I just love following her and just knowing the things that she taught us here today about Instagram, about what she chooses to share. It just makes me love her even more. And you have to go check out Andrea, like see what she's doing online, go follow her on Instagram and learn from her. Y'all, I constantly watch marketers to see what they do, how they pivot when things change in the market. And I just think that Andrea is absolutely someone to follow. Go listen to her podcast. Go check out her resources. She has a free course, Social Media Rockstar Framework. You have to go check out. It's going to be linked in the show notes. So go to crystalprofit.com slash episode 256 for everything that we talked about today. And I please, please, please reach out to Andrea because she is someone that you need to learn from. She's someone I'm going to continue to learn from. And I cannot wait to meet her in person one day. Like, especially after the last year, I'm craving interactions with other podcasters. And I hope that her and I cross paths in the future because she is someone that is just a delight to get to know and to chat with her. So again, go to crystalprofit.com slash episode 256 for all the links that we talked about here today. But if this is your first time tuning in, I'm so excited that you're here. Make sure you hit that subscribe button or follow like Remember, the terms are changing, so I'm trying to get used to it. So make sure you follow us wherever you are listening to this podcast. And we would love it if you would take a screenshot wherever you're listening, tag me, tag Andrea, and let us know the number one takeaway that you had in listening to this episode today. But that's all I have for you. So remember, keep it up. We all have to start somewhere. 